This is DWZ Podcast here with J-Rod, Deleted WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here. So, uh, sorry for all my listeners out there. I'm very sorry that I didn't do a podcast episode a week ago. Uh, reason behind that was because I was not prepared. I was, we went back to my regular day job working at security and it kind of messed things up for me a little bit. I was extremely tired. I did about 10 hour shifts for two days straight, Wednesday and Thursday, but I'm back and I have to say I got some interesting content here for everyone that we definitely want to talk about. Majority of it is coming from the Yoshi wrestling style. And of course, well, mostly from Japanese wrestling. But let's talk about the most interesting things that's been taking place this from last week to this week. Now, if you guys saw what happened on AEW Grand Slam, we saw the arrival of Saray, formerly known as Paige. Now, I know what some of you WWE loyalists are thinking. You find it is a load of bullshit that she sh- is not a... AEW gal that she's a WWE an AEW gal she is a WWE gal that's what you guys think come on guys let's be real it's a business move that they tried to do we saw that with Cody just because you know oh he went to WWE that means that he is now a WWE guy you know and that and that's the thing that troubles me but it was surprisingly to hear about it now. There is still no indication if she will be wrestling or she'll be doing something else. Now, keep in mind, we know that she, we were just told that medically she's not cleared. Um, it's still no information about that, which was kind of strange because we do know we don't know if she's following the same kind of pattern that we saw with Brian Danielson when he was known as Brian Danielson, where WWE doctors told him, "No, you cannot wrestle because of your injury," and of course, normal doctors outside of WWE are saying yes you can wrestle so basically we don't know if that's the case but we do know that she wants to that her presence could help elevate the women's division because we know that the women's division in AEW hasn't been that great we know they have some good wrestlers but hasn't been that great at all and it would make a, a sense on that part because if you know what I'm talking about we know that they got some good ta- women's talent and that's always but Saray is like more of the higher up name, more of the royalty because she's been at the top of her game in the past. But what I do like about this is the storytelling. Like you look at Britt Baker in this particular story where she's like, I'm the one who who runs the division. But here comes someone who is a much higher standard than her coming in in her doorstep and, of course, telling her that this is her house. And that is kind of like telling the story. Okay, you were the head you did ran the division but you got someone who's even higher than you in that level and i think that kind of tells us the whole story but the real question is what else is she's gonna do and i think we're gonna have to wait and see but an interesting factor related to um sarai's appearance uh we there was a twitter uh page a twitter a tweet coming from zach zodiac if you guys know who he is you may have seen the movie fighting with my family Zach Zodiac is the brother of Saray, of Saraya. So basically, that's what is going on. Now, if you remember the story about Zach Zodiac, 
Zach was the one person in the family that many people, especially her parent, their parents, who believed that Zach was the, the one person that would bring, um, you know, financial status and also bring the honor of their family and all this because he worked real hard in the tryout, but it didn't happen. They picked Soraya in the first place, and I think that kind of pissed him off. And we know he tried, but obviously we do hear that whole thing that maybe he wasn't good enough. I mean, look, we've seen that in that kind of comment before. Look at Sammy Guevara. If you guys ever seen his vlo earlier vlogs, they told him that he wasn't good enough. And, and you can say, fuck you, bitches. If, he, if that was true, then look at him now in AEW, you know? That's the thing. He's like, what, a three, four-time TNT champion? How can you say he's not good enough? That kind of puts it like, what the fudge is this? But hopefully maybe Paige can give in a good word for Zach. I mean, he deserves a break. He deserves an opportunity. Unlike WWE, who did not see it that way, well, anything could happen. So that's pretty much what we got in relation to this with Soraya and, of course, her brother Zach. Now, here's the much interesting part. This one I'm going to be cussing a lot because I think it's a load of bullshit. Now, you may have heard about Malachi Black. I know you some EW loyalists were thinking exactly the same thing. Like, yes, he's released. He's coming back to WWE. <laughs> Fuck you, AEW fans. That's what you guys are thinking. But have you ever heard of the term, hear it from the horse's mouth? Well. We did just heard it. Since today is, of course, the um, the twenty eighth, we there was a video that was put well a live stream, Instagram post by Malachi Black, giving his statement, because apparently, the fucking dirt sheets are saying a different narrative. Now here's what their narrative are saying. I don't know where they get it. I don't understand where the fuck is their source. They're saying that Malachi Black has been released from AEW. Conditionally. That's the word they're saying. And that there's indications that he's going back to WWE. And that his status with AEW was a five-year contract. Now, this is where we got to ask ourselves. Where the fuck are they getting this information can anybody explain this to me as if I, if I was a five-year-old? Where are they getting this shit? I don't get it. They're saying something else. While we're hearing from the horse's mouth, and I'm talking about Malachi Black. He said perfectly clear that he's been dealing with mental health. Now, I want to make this clear for everybody. Mental health is no fucking joke. Trust me. One of my closest friends... Her husband, who was in the United States Navy, died from it, leaving behind a beautiful little girl who was four at the time, and now she's only six. It's no joke, people. I don't understand why are these damn fucking dirt sheets are ignoring, are ignoring the fact, yes, he has mental health. What is wrong with that? Why can't you just say the truth? That's the problem. He even was pissed off about it. He was like extremely pissed that the dirt sheets are saying a different narrative. The real narrative is he's taking time off 
to take care of himself. He will be back with AEW, but he needs a couple of weeks or or months to deal with this. And I understand that it's what's important. Deal with yourself first. You can't just jump from AEW then a WWE just like that. You need to take care of yourself first because otherwise something could go wrong. And I respect Malachi for that. If you're dealing with mental health, take some time off. But if the fucking dirt sheets are refusing to give that narrative, then don't listen to the bullshit they're telling us. But that doesn't end right there either, people. That does not end with the fucking thirst sheets. Trust me. We're getting now the same shit with Buddy Matthews. If you guys heard, they're saying he was released from AEW. And I know what you fucking WWE loyalists are thinking. <laughs> the same thing. Well, no. PW Insider reported that's not the case. It's not. Because I realized what it was. If you guys know... He's not a native to this country of the United States of America. He's from Australia. That's right. He has to go home and deal with paperwork for his visa. That's a, a, a normal thing for anybody to do. Now, I'd like to know, where the fuck are these dirt sheets getting this information about Buddy Matthews being released? Tell the story right for fuck's sakes. Stop lying. You're giving false hopes to fans out there. You're making them believe what the fuck the real story is. How fucking dare you give us one story, then we have to hear it from the horse's mouth, like Malachi. Shame on you. And not only that, I saw this on Twitter the other day, yesterday. Sean Ratsap has been getting shit from fans. They're telling him, where are you getting this information? And he's like, I'm getting this from this and that to confirm it. Look, guys, I understand. But the problem is, get it right. All right? If you don't want to talk about, you know, the mental health, that's fine. Then don't write it. Talk about the wrestling. That's simple. But if the thing is, if I report, if I talk about this, like give this news, what's been going on, it has to come to the horse's mouth. That's the problem I had. So... I don't know where these dipshits are getting it from. So. <sighs> I really hate these fuckers. Get it right. Now. We got a new interesting storyline coming up. Coming out with Stardom. Now if you guys saw. Stardom's latest event. It took place on the 25th of September. Which was this past uh, Sunday. We're getting a Stardom versus the Neo Stardom Army. Now, some of you don't understand. What the fuck is this about? I haven't seen it. I'll tell you what this is about. Some of the older veteran wrestlers like Nanane, Takahashi, Yuna, Manaze, and of course Yu, who is uh, kind of like young, but she is talented. And of course, uh, Alpha Female are declaring war against Stardom. Now, some of you are saying, why would they want to start a war? Weren't some of these girls... Part of stardom? Yes, but there is a reason why. They think that Rossi Ogawa has turned stardom into a weak, pathetic promotion. Now I know what some of you're thinking. What do you got what am I talking about? Okay, if you guys look back, the promotion started in 2010. Everything seems like it was great. They were throwing some good matches, uh, talent and all that. But things changed right after that shoot incident five years later 
2015 with, of course, Yoshiki and Ak Yasukawa. If you guys remember that shoot incident, there was a fight that took place where Ak was bleeded up, bruised up. Yoshiki had no other choice but to relinquish her title. She was dismissed. Nanane Takahashi had to, uh, to resign her position. That was one of the dark days of of stardom because they were dealing with this whole thing and there were stories about how some of these women violated the kopai kohai senpai uh code you know where of course you have to, the senior must be the the must teach the subordinate and all that stuff uh all this that that kind of was the the reasons and now that they're dealing with this because now here's what happened you made her appearance in the first showcase which was her against uh, Saya Kamitani and Starlight Kid in a coffin match, which ended her winning. But now you get you teaming up with two Grim Reapers, they're later to be revealed Yuna Na Manaze and uh, Nanane Takahashi taking on Lady C, Utami Ayashida, and of course the current Rebel Champion, Sudi. Now keep in mind, Sudi did had a match against Nanane Takahashi back in um, not too long ago, where she resulted to win the match. And now it appears that these uh, old school wrestlers are coming out of the woodwork. They are declaring war against Stardom and Rossi Agawa because apparently that's what exactly they want to do. They want to change back to what Stardom was. So apparently we're going to see a whole lot. But I also question, since Yuna Manaze is involved, I wonder how some of the wrestlers who she trained feel. We got wrestlers like, Una, like Unagi Sayaka, Natsupoi, Tam Nakano, the, those three were trained by her. I wonder, and not to mention they're part of uh, Stardom, because they find this whole thing cuteness pathetic. So, I wouldn't be surprised if all three of them unite and stand against her. That is something it would be cool. So, uh, I think that's pretty much it with that part. So, let's move on to, of course, one incredible match I did not anticipate. I didn't think it was going to be possible. I'm talking about Jungle Kiona versus the Snow Princess or the Crystal Snow or whatever she calls herself, Maya Yuhiki. Now, these ladies are were from two different promotions during their time. We all know where Jungle Kiona was. She was part of Stardom, the number one Yoshi promotion in all of Japan. And while Maya was in Ice Ribbon. Now, keep in mind, Maya Yuhiki was part of Stardom of Ice Ribbon. She left the promotion by the end of 2021 and went freelancing and formed a company with three other freelancers. We're talking about Miyuki Takase, Rina Yamashita, and who's the other one? Oh, yeah. Uh, Surumi Natsu. But no one in their righteous minds would have imagined that we get to see two Yoshi wrestlers will face off together. Now, you probably would assume, couldn't this happen in Japan? Would have been, but the thing is this. Recently, in the last Nomads show where Maya Hiki runs it, Jungle Kiona shows up. She makes an appearance, and my assumption with her that she will make her appearance at some point in November. They haven't announced yet who will be involved. I'm sure they're working on it, but Jung Kiona, this match that took place between both Jung Kiona and Mayuhiki was in um, 
Deadlock Pro Wrestling, a promotion based out of North Carolina. And it took place on the 17th of September, I believe. But man, it was a good match. I loved it. Because we have two of the most incredible Yoshi wrestlers we ever watch. And you know, as you know, Jungle Kiona made her decision not too long ago to uh, come down to the States and wrestle. Mayuhiki thought the same thing too. But they would never imagine that this would ever happen in a local independent promotion based out of North Carolina. And I thought it was great to see that. It was a really good match. I liked it. Because these are women who are not, they never cross paths. But I'm sure they're familiarized with each other by reputation. And that's a good thing. We've seen wrestlers, they talk about that. Like, um, who have I, like for example, uh, we, we've seen wrestlers like, um, recently we had Tam Nakano versus Risa Sarah, two leaders of the respective units. But, of course, prominence are, in fact, a, uh, a freelance unit. Risa Sarah mentioned that she heard that she's crazy. And, of course, she is. And, of course, Tam Nakano, she's in, sees her scars that she has been through a lot in her life. And that is one of the good things about Yoshi wrestlers. You may not be in the same promotion, but you know that the reputation precedes them due to that. And that would make a lot of sense. But the match was incredible. But it was Jung Kiona who walked out as the victor with the muscle buster. And I was like, hmm, not bad. And of course, at the end of the match, Mayuki showed respect to Jungle Kiona. And I thought it was great. Now, some of you may say, does these two ladies know how to speak English? I'm fully aware that Mayu Hiki knows how to speak English because she graduated from college with bilingual biling, and bilingual you know she knows how to speak Korean English and I forgot what, uh, oh yeah possibly Spanish um, but she knows how to speak English from my understanding and yeah I have to say it was a pretty good thing it's a good thing to have it but not to mention Mayu Hiki will be appearing at uh, RCW Spain which is a promotion based out of Spain for the World Cup 3 so she represents Spain. Now, in other news here, we're going to be talking about, you may have saw what happened at also at Grand Slam in AEW. The parents of the great Muta. Yes, folks, you know who he is. If you know who he is, you know what I'm talking about. Those who don't know, let me explain. The great Muta is, in fact, an alter ego created by none other than wrestling legend Keiji Muto. Now, Keiji Muto has wrestled as normal as Keiji Muto or as his alter ego, the demon, the Great Muta. The Great Muta made his appearance on AEW, Ram- on AEW Rampage, saving Sting from the House of-, of Black. And then, of course, he gave the green mist to Buddy Murphy. Now, some of you are thinking, why did he make um, the appearance? Well, here's the reasons. Those who don't know, those who don't know, this is the final run for KG Mudo. He's being retired. That's from my understanding. Now, this was a decision that he didn't come up on his own. This was forced onto him by doctors. The doctors, on the other hand, uh, he had a hip surgery replacement. And fortunately, they had to tell him he had to retire. Uh, the guy's, I think he's 55 years old. Let me look it up real quick. Because I think he was in good shape when, uh, when before all of this had taken place. Uh, let's see. No, he's 59. My bad. Yeah, so he's 59 years old. He wanted to go on until he, 
is all the way to his 70s, but he's like only a few, uh, uh, almost 10 years late for that. But it would make sense of that. But they already had some good matches. So before the retirement happened, he announced that there was announced that there was going to be five matches that, of course, Kate. Now, one of those matches already took place. He faced off Kato Kiyomiya, where he lost. But the next match was with his alter ego, the great Muda at Osaka, where he teamed up with Nosawa Rangai and the great Okan to take on the members of Kongo, uh, which includes Keno, Manabu Sayu, and of course, Tadasuke. Now, that particular match with great Muda making his presence, he missed great Okan for disrespecting uh, Noah, and he also makes that he wants a challenge for the GHC heavyweight title. So that kind of sets in. But however... The real question was with Sting, what was going to happen? So it was already been announced that Sting will make his pro wrestling Noah debut on January in January of 2023. Now keep in mind, Sting has never wrestled in uh, pro wrestling Noah at all. He has made appearances in All Japan and New Japan Pro Wrestling, but never Noah. Now it's been a long time since he's been in Japan. So this is going to be interesting. Now, the idea what they want to do is for him to team up with the great Muda. And I, I don't know who the opponents will be. I hope it's going to be a banger. But we do know some other moments. We do know that Keiji Muto's final match will take place in February of 2023. Uh, I think that's going to be on the 12th or 21st. One of the two. No uh, announcement yet who will be his opponent. But they did announce for an upcoming a, a match with him for one of his final five. Uh, this one's going to take place on October 30th, and I can't believe they actually did it. We're talking about Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tanahashi the ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yes, folks, he is going to be coming to Pro Wrestling Noah to be in a six-man tag team match where, of course, Keiji Muto will be teaming with, of course, um, Naomichi Marifuji, and I uh, forgot who was the other. Don't remember who else. While, of course, um, Tanahashi is going to bring with him the great bat shield, Tomaaki Humna and Togi Makabe. So they will be joining him in this match. This match will take place on the 30th. So I'm kind of excited for that. So we'll see what happens then. Now our final talk is, of course, the surprising announcement that came from none other than Kyrie. Or should we know her as Kairi Sane? Now, we all know what's been going on in the Yoshi world, especially with stardom. Where we're going to crown a first ever IWGP Women's Championship. Now, this is what's been going on. There's two brackets that were involved. There's the stardom bracket and the international bracket. For the, for the stardom bracket, we, it was announced that four wrestlers have been chosen. Then by random, by stick... Um, you know, matching sticks, that sort of thing. So we did see we have Mayu Utani, Julia, Starlight Kid, Utami Shida. There are in the in the startup bracket, but the international bracket was announced. It was going to be three. We have, of course, Ava and Alpha Female. However, there was one spot available. We did not know who was that going to be that person. It could be anything. Some people were even predicting it was going to be Tony Storm. To be honest with you, I kind of would have liked that. But 
the person they picked was none other than Kyrie. Now, some of you are probably thinking, whoa, 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 J-Rod, come on, why Kyrie? She's not an international wrestler. Uh, you're wrong. She is. Don't forget, she wrestled in WWE. That makes her an international. It's the same thing we saw with Riho during that uh, AEW Women's Championship Eliminator match that took place back in 2020. She actually wrestled representing the United States while she was still living here and while she came back from Japan after, you know, the whole thing being stuck there. So that kind of fits into that the, the whole thing. So it would make sense. And now some people are saying she could be most likely make it to the finals to face off against Mayu Watani because Mayu Iwatani is the fa uh, fan favorite from my understanding on that. So we'll be paying attention to that. So as you know, the on October 2nd, we will have, of course, um, we'll have the first ever of the international bracket, Ava versus a Alpha Females. And then after that, we will have October 22nd. Um, we'll have uh, the stardom, um, of course, bracket begin. And then, of course, the semifinals in the of the brackets from both sides. Of course, uh, whoever walks out between uh, Ava or Alpha Fema will face Kyrie Singh on the 23rd of October. And then after that, we will have the finals on um, November 20th at the historic crossover in the New Japan and, of course, Stardom event. So that, I'm looking forward to it. So I hope everybody enjoys this um, episode of uh, giving some great content. So stand by for next week for more. Hopefully I can do it on a Wednesday, but if not, then uh, I apologize for that completely. So I'll see you guys on the next episode. So I must bid all of you adieu. So goodbye. Mwah. And have a nice day. Bang.